lollipop, lollipop. Hey, I could use some. Yeah, I want some lollipops. Lollipop. And welcome to Linux and whatnot. That was beautiful, Matt. That, that was just was weird. beautiful. I loved that. That was my favorite ever. Yeah. Sure. Ever. Why not? That's my Why musical not? that's my musical thing right now. That's my it's thing. Earworm in your head. This is episode six. Did we decide? Yeah, six. Uh, no, seven. Seven, I think. No, I think it's six. I'm sure it's seven. <laughs> we're gonna call it six point seven. I go. love that we're not even to ten episodes yet and we have no idea what episode number this is. <laughs> Doesn't even matter. For chumps. Doesn't even Whatever. matter. So we're talking yeah. today with uh, a bunch of people from different desktop environments, and that is totally rad. We got them all together and yeah. uh hoped that they would fight. They didn't fight so much, but it's great. So it's fantastic and they they were lovely people and that's all yes. that's all coming up here. I have a tiny little Side note story, Matt. Uh, okay, let's hear it. Let's as, hear it. as if you watch the video, Matt, you'll notice uh, about 10 minutes before the end of the video, I start mousing up to the top of the screen where it pops down my little taskbar and shows my clock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was starting to watch the time. And it wasn't because the guests were boring. They were being delightful. Right, right. No, and you awesome. totally fantastic. And I, we could have kept going for a while. I really needed to use the little boy's room Wicked, oh, wicked bad. Oh, like about oh, yeah, ten minutes right. before the end of the show, I'm like, oh man, I I was starting to sweat. I'm like, I don't I don't know that I can make this. The morning caffeine is really kicking in, guys. Most episodes I actually go through that. I just hide it really well. <laughs> I, and did I do not. a little jig. Well, I, I realized I'm sitting in here. I, I have this little room in my house where I, I, I do all my recording at, and I don't have any other things in here right this moment with a clock on it like it's oh, no. just just this computer i'm recording on at the moment like i left my tablet in the other room and everything uh, so there was no way for me to discreetly just glance down and be like what what time is it can i make it 10 right. minutes so yeah so people can watch me nervously fidget while, <laughs> while i need to use the little boys room near the end okay you carried it well i never would have known until Thank you, you. Uh, needed to uh take care of business i tried really hard um link for me that's patreon you can yes. go there uh uh matt you have a link linkage oh i like that link i like that link that's a really linkage. good one uh again for those of you who are somewhat new to linux and whatnot no ads on linux right. and whatnot no sponsors on linux and whatnot right. none at all so mm -hmm. uh if you feel like supporting us uh click on the links and tell people yeah. about us that's good that's enough. right that's all that's all it takes you know just a little bit just a little bit click share and love that's all we click, want click share and love baby mm -hmm. love all right should we get into this let's do her i think we should sing us in boy hey my dear friend Matthew, we have gathered with us here today three cool people, all involved with desktop environments that are very distinctly different from each other, which is great because then it's like a Thunderdome cage match and we can all put them in together and just see which one survives. Or we could go around and see where they're different and where they're the same and then have an intelligent conversation. I'm not sure how this is going to work out yet, but cool. let's find out. Wow. From the Unity side of things, we've got the one and only Alan Pope, community manager over at Canonical slash Ubuntu slash, uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm sorry, my brain just kind of melted when I saw your devilishly <laughs> handsome hair. That is phenomenal, by the way. That is awesome. I, it is big hair. It is I, amazing. I it long until it annoys my wife so much Dude. that she books my hairdresser's appointment. 
There is no way that should ever annoy your wife. That is handsome as hell. And he's also joined by Daniel Foray, who is very, very special in that he is the first person to be on two completely different episodes of Linux and whatnot. That's a pretty friggin' big deal. He's the founder over at the Elementary Project, which has the Pantheon desktop environment. And of course, we have the one and only Thomas Pfeiffer, who does user interaction and stuff over at KDE on the Plasma desktop environment. Say hello to the entire world, Thomas. Hey. <laughs> well put. All right. Let's start with this from a really, really, really high level. I'm going to ask each of you guys the basic, very basic, high level, like one or two sentence version of what is the primary goal of your desktop environment. Just to get a baseline here. I'm going to start with Popey. I'm curious if there's actually any differences here. Popey, what is the basic idea? What is the basic goal of Unity? High level. So I guess you could say it's design driven uh, user-centric and designed to get out of your way. <laughs> okay, I'm going to cut out design-driven and user-centric because buzzwords fill my heart with rage. Um, now, designed to get out of your way, I get That's that. Cool. So, so okay, so I okay, like but but I mean, it's, I mean, what's the goal? Like, why why Unity? Why Unity? So, so Ubuntu existed for a few years before Unity came along. And we used, uh, we had a bunch of flavors that used different desktops. So GNOME 2 was, was beautiful. Uh, we launched with. Yeah, yeah that was and pretty great. We had flavors that had KDE, various versions of KDE over the years. And we had other flavors for XFC and Ubuntu and so on. And I think I didn't work at Canonical at the time when Unity was started. But I get the vibe that we weren't getting a lot of traction with the desktops that we had in terms of OEM deals. Uh, okay. uh, so it was seen that we needed something which would be visually appealing, easy to use, and hence design-driven. Okay, uh, I get, okay, I get what you're saying by design-driven design now. Something that, was, that you could control the visual aspects of to pitch to OEMs and partners and whatnot, right? Right. Is that about right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Fair, fair enough. Daniel, what, what's the point of Pantheon? And I, I know that's the most jerkish way of asking that question, but like, what, what's what's the goal? I'd say the primary goal for Pantheon is to be a facilitator for great applications. So, uh, and what I mean by that is that the desktop environment is a platform for developers to come in and build a top. So we like to do things uh, like find out what uh, all the application developers are doing and then just kind of bake that into the desktop environment in a transparent way so they don't have to keep re-implementing the same things. Right. A good example of that is the new um, notification settings. We had a lot of applications that were baking in their own notification settings and we said, hey, you know what, this makes sense for all apps. Let's do it in a centralized way so that developers don't have to think about that and users so just get that feature for free. In a nutshell, Pantheon is Borg? Just sure. kinda yeah. just kinda sucks up all <laughs> cultures and, and kinda pulls yeah. it under under one thing. I, I kinda get what you're saying though. I totally get what you're saying. Uh, Thomas, is is there a is there a high level goal for KDE Plasma? Yeah, sure. So um our official tagline is um, getting stuff done. The unofficial one is getting shit done. Um, <laughs> Did and you say that they, on the show? 
You you can. You actually can. <laughs> you totally can. Yeah, right. it's totally okay. And um, the for, for the design, the the tagline is um, simple by default, powerful when needed. So this is, huh. I think, the the big difference in in goal from from many other desktop environments. That um, while of course we want to be simple by default, as in not overwhelming people with things they don't need. Um, Plasma always aimed to provide those who need that extra power, that extra that can be in the form of configurability, that can be in the form of nifty little helpers that in, uh, increase your productivity. Um, the people who need that and want that not only from applications but also from parts of the desktop. So okay. for, for those people, cool. Plasma is made. Gotcha. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to open this up to the the general floor now at this point because we there's one really distinct difference between KDE and then Unity and Pantheon. Unity and Pantheon were both developed for a specific distro first, right? Now, obviously, it's possible to get both. They're both free software. You can get them up and running on other on other distributions, yada yada. But they were developed for a one distro first. Pantheon for elementary, Unity for Ubuntu, KDE was developed kind of to be agnostic, right? To be kind of a, a free-floating distribution that should work in as many places as possible. Um, what is what is the right way to do this? And, and, and I want to—I really mean that for for all three of you guys. Uh, what is the right way to approach building this desktop environment? I mean. I think I think like especially for for Popey, uh, Ubuntu's gotten a lot of crap, right? I mean, you guys have gotten a lot of crap for for building a desktop environment for your distribution first and foremost. With you know, I mean, it, clearly it can be ported, but that's not the core focus. Is that is that a problem? But like maybe just like something that just ended up having to be that way. But is it necessarily ideal, or is that a good thing that it was is focused on one distribution? I think it, I think it's a matter of perspective. You know, if you're a, a user of something like Debian or Arch, and you like the way the Unity desktop works, and it's not available in your distro or there isn't a recent version, then it could be frustrating, and you might think, well, you know, they're clearly doing the wrong thing because I can't get it on my distro, right? Okay. Um, but if if you're an Ubuntu user, then you could be sure that our focus is getting that thing working on Ubuntu for you. In the same way that Daniel's focus, I would imagine, is mostly to get the applications working on his platform. They don't worry too much about uh, their applications working on you know, some other distro. It would be great if they do, and I'm sure some people have ported those things across to other distros. But you know, I would rather that our users had an excellent experience and maybe as a byproduct, other people had the availability to use those things right. because it's free software. Whether it's right or wrong, yeah, perspective. I mean, looking back, maybe it might have been better if we had we were available in lots of different distros. But then the development team that was working on Unity is tiny. Like the initial set of developers, probably about 10 people. So yeah. do we want them distracted by bug reports coming in because Unity doesn't start on Arch or because it doesn't work on Slackware or something? Or would we rather they focus their attention on making an excellent experience on Ubuntu? So, so from, from, so from your point of view, it's more of like a scalability thing. It's just we only have X number of resources and we focus on one platform instead of multiple platforms. Is that what I'm hearing? To okay. some degree, but but also you know, like you say, it is free software. So if someone was 
um, you know, that keen that they wanted to run it on some other distro, they could. And I know, you know, there have been versions of Unity in the Arch repos uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. Maybe people just don't desire that. Maybe the people who are using Arch Linux are the type of expert user for whom they feel Unity isn't for them. And they, they prefer something like a tiling window manager or something with more configurability like KDE. Um, yeah. So you know, I can see why there is lack of motivation for people to port stuff. Plus the fact that it was moving fast back in those days. So you you know, you know port it across to a different desktop and then five minutes later we've changed something. And, right. Yeah. And, yeah, that's hard. It's hard to motivate yourself to port something when the upstream is changing it all the time. And I can understand. So Daniel, do you have a same or different answer to that like what what's your what's your take on all that yeah i for me um it's mostly a resources issue because you know like uh, alan said you know he's he's estimating about 10 people working on unity i mean we've got two uh full desktop developers for the entirety of our company for everything so uh you know i think people underestimate uh, how difficult it is to split focus and when we can concentrate on building Pantheon for elementary OS then um, we can reproduce the issues is the biggest issue right like the most time goes into reproducing issues so if we get somebody that's on Fedora or on Arch that that wants to run Pantheon and they can reproduce the issues and help us track them down uh, we're always we're always happy to merge that code in and we've actually had a lot more uh, wider Linux community um, contributions recently so so the next version of pantheon or actually this version of pantheon because we just did a bunch of stable tarball releases this version of pantheon uh, should be very portable compared to the last version but this is mostly community work right because like alan said our personal resources are very small now i have one question for both you and alan so basically what you're saying is if there's someone out there in the arch community or whatever it may be that wants to bring that desktop experience into their distribution, you would work with them with the understanding that they're taking responsibility for any of that porting and any of that extra work so that it's not put put on you guys because you have limited finite resources and a finite goal as to what you're looking for. Does that sound pretty accurate? Right. And also, mm-hmm. so that there, any patches that, that come from uh, another desktop uh, or sorry, another distro, they mm-hmm. don't break the experience for Ubuntu. So it's all very right. well saying, you know, I've got this set of uh, yeah. thousand patches that make Unity work on, on you know, Slackware or whatever. Sure. But in the meantime, it breaks the experience, all the icons move, and, you know, it, it, that, yeah. that kind of headache is, is, is not something we could sustain. Yeah, so there needs to be some degree of separation just for sanity, it sounds like, I would think. So. Right, and we've carried um, conditionals for like different versions of UPower and stuff like okay. that, right? Oh, Where we had API oh. breaks between what's shipping in Arch and what's shipping in Debian-based distros. Interesting. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, let's let's toss this over to the Pfeiffer man. Pfeiffer man, my guess is you have a slightly different take on this. Um. Yes. <laughs> well. For for KDE, um, I mean, since we we started with no connection to any specific distribution, um, it's now it's just the the default for us to run as many distributions as possible. But um, of course, that also does make things more complicated and more difficult. We we see that pretty clearly right now with Neon, um, because Neon isn't it isn't just um, the distribution 
they're the only distribution we focus on. But we, of course, always first make things available on, on Neon because there's also the, the Neon Developer Unstable Edition, which just builds right for master. And um, since we have we work directly with the with the whole distribution team, it's comparatively easy to get things working well there. But um, this is always just the start. And from the moment on where it works well with Neon, we um, yeah make sure that it works well with well any distribution that ships Plasma. Um, but that yeah we, we can we can clearly see that this uh, is where things often get more complicated because for example as Daniel already said that uh, different distributions have different versions of underlying libraries or yeah. um, different things at all. That for example um, we we cannot um, do any hard depends on any system D components because uh, distributions like Slackware will always mm -hmm. say, well, we won't ever have system right. D, but we still want Plasma, so please make it work. And right. um, yeah, th this is, of course, this does cost additional resources. And um, yeah, we, we make sure that the, the end user experience is not any worse because of it, but we, at, at, at some points, we do say that, well, if you want things to be perfect and to use every feature, then you have to use systemd. Plasma okay. will will work without, and we make, we will always make sure that it will, will work and nothing will break badly. But at some points, we want to use some specific things like logindy, for example, for some advanced features. And then we just have to say, well, if you're not using systemd, then, um, or Actually, if you're not using logindy, because you can do logindy without right. systemd, but if you're not, if you don't have logindy, then some features just won't be available. Sure, that seems um, reasonable. That seems reasonable. Well, and yeah. one thing I wanted to ask you directly was, by supporting so many distributions, do you sometimes, at least most of your team, do you guys feel like sometimes it just would be easier to just focus exclusively on Neon, and then just release your work and let someone else deal with it. I mean, like, you know, you obviously have finite resources. Do you ever feel like you guys are diversified too far, too thin, uh, to the point where bug reports are coming in from obscure distributions and you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to deal with this? Does it ever feel overwhelming? Do you ever wish you could just center in on a single distro? Um, well, Which, since, obviously, you know. Yeah, well, since I'm not a developer, I don't have <laughs> to deal right. with with the with the bug report, but have you sensed that from other other folks that you work yeah, with? Yeah, but I, well, I'm I'm sure that that some of the developers sometimes feel that way. Sure. Um, but well, it's it's really our commitment to work on as many distributions as possible, and the oh, all the okay. developers keep that promise. Yeah. But That's yeah, cool. it, I'm I'm pretty sure that they yeah. at some points do feel like oh, it would be so easy if yeah. we just and my heart breaks for them because I know that's got to be tough. Okay, Very it's cool. heartbreaking. It's yeah, truly heartbreaking. It really is. So. What's the what's the right way to go here? I mean, I mean, realistically, I mean, is there a right way to go? I mean, because there's criticism thrown around quite a lot. I I, I can see it's mostly thrown thrown over at Canonical because you know they're Canonical and and you throw <laughs> criticism at them. But but uh, but so I mean, Canonical and and the elementary team aren't the only ones that create a desktop environment or an application or a user experience that's just for their individual platform. They're, they're not alone in that regard. They're just the two that are here today and they're high profile in the Linux world. Is, is that, 
should the end goal to be more like KDE in the end, if possible, if all all things are equal and if unicorns can fly and all those other good things, should we try and make sure that that we keep all those desktop environments running across distros or or is it totally okay i i guess is what i'm what i'm wondering like i hmm. i have a couple of opinions on it but honestly i'm not 100 percent certain i'm kind of fancy myself it, alan i think i think what you've got to remember is that none of these desktops were created in a vacuum mm. and they weren't they weren't all standing on the starting blocks on the same day so they weren't all created at the same time with the same environment going on and the same, you know, um, catalysts. For example, KDE had very specific catalysts to to, to make their project, and, and Daniel had specific reasons for making his. And the time was, you know, what it was. The environment was what it was when when those things were created. So when Unity was created, there were specific criteria that we had for making that distro, uh, making that desktop. And and so it's it, I don't think it can be compared directly whether it was right or wrong to do it a particular way. No, no, not not in, whether it's right, a, whether it was right or wrong. But what's the what's the utopian ideal? Where where should we be? You know, sometimes I think well, we get caught up in how things are and kind of maybe how to make things a little bit better. But what's the ideal? We're free software, folks, man. We're idealists and we're crazy about it. What's so the ideal? If we had like a bottomless pit of developers and QA people and testers and all that kind of stuff, yeah, it would be great if our software ran everywhere. But even companies that have bottomless pits of money and developers and QA people, like Google, for example, uh-huh. still create a product which depends on one specific platform. Right. All the bits and pieces that go to make up Android are built for Android. They're not built for anyone else's desktop. They're not built for any other any other system. They're built for Android and Android alone. And nobody calls them out on that. You know, it's That's all very true. well calling us out on the fact that we created Unity and okay. it works best on, on Ubuntu. But other people do that as well. I'm not saying that's... You, the they right totally thing. do. That's they a totally fair point. Do. That's a really important point. They totally point, do. Actually. They're very successful yeah. and have large sums of money and still yeah. continue to do it sure. the way they do it. All right, so let's let's take a, a step back on this for a moment because I, th- I think this is this is kind of interesting. This this discussion comes up a lot, and people never delve deep enough into it to actually get to a place of resolution. We they just we just yeah. yell at canonical is basically what we end up doing. We take um, an easy way out. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. Okay. So let's let's for a second, and Daniel, you can chime in on this, but I'm going to leave Pantheon out of this particular <laughs> comparison here. So let's talk KDE. And KDE Plasma and Unity for a second, all right? Uh, Alan, what what year did did Unity first hit the scenes? Not the not necessarily the netbook edition, but you know the the first time it was really on the desktop with the kind of like a 1.0 ish release. Uh, so that was 1010 October 2010, I think. So the 20... first, I think that was the first release where it was the default. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thomas, when did KDE four come out? What year was that? Do you remember? It was about um, that time, wasn't it? 2009, it was, 2010. I think 2008. 2008. Okay, yeah. so about so about two so about a year and a half, two years prior to to Unity's launch. Okay. Uh, although that was Plasma 4.0, which was not intended to be released in general, but was just yeah. We all know the story. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, I I don't know that Unity when it was first released 
really was ready to be released in general either. So, no, uh, actually, that's a, fair, that's a fair point. You know, we've yeah. we've said since, you know, since then we've learned a lesson that you know perhaps it's not a good idea to crowbar. Uh, you know, slightly unfinished things as the default desktop on, on a distro. That's I, I, I would, I would kind of agree with. I would kind of agree yeah. with with that. Um, uh, so okay, now from the Unity side of things, sponsored by a company, um, again a, a limited team of developers because of financial constraints around it, uh, but sponsored and put onto a single platform. KDE 4, um, uh, Thomas, w would it be fair to say that it's predominantly, you know, kind of a community-driven driven effort and not necessarily a, a, a company-driven effort around KDE Plasma? Um, yeah, it is. I mean, at the moment, um, many Plasma developers are um, employed by Blue Systems, but... Yep. Um, Still, it's Blue Systems doesn't drive Plasma development. It's still every decision is still uh, a community decision. So it's yeah, it's still Perfect. a community-driven project. Thomas, from your point of view, right now, judging for that, both Unity and KDE Plasma in their current incarnations have had you know at least say five, six plus years, both of them have had a good a good half decade or more of maturing, of baking, of whatnot time. Would you say that KDE Plasma, which runs across multiple distros, is significantly uh, buggier or provides a worse experience than Unity? I don't think so. I mean, first of all, um, Plasma 5 was pretty much a rewrite. So um, the, the maturing is only since 2014, actually. Oh, oh for Plasma um, 5. I, I guess I was kind of thinking with 4 just because 4 is it was out there for a ways, you know. It had been out there for a while. But let's say let's say 4. So let's say the, 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 the latest and greatest version of Plasma 4. Would you consider that one to be buggier, less polished than the current incarnation of, of Unity? Um, no, I would. I would not. Um, Plasma 4.11. There went a lot of uh, stabilization effort into it. So, um, yeah, at the at the end, we were at the point where it was really quite stable. Um, yeah, and Fair. well, then of course the the new version came out, which still needs featuring and everything. But uh, th those who stuck with 4.11 for uh, until it really ran out of um, well, and until it wasn't support any, supported anymore, we're quite happy. Right, right, okay. Back to Popey. I saw you smiling with that uh, evil little little grin. That you saw exactly where I was going with all of that. Would Alan, the Pope Meister, and this comes down to the fundamental concept itself. Would you say that KDE is significantly buggier in the latest Plasma 4 release than than Unity? So I have no way of knowing because I don't run KDE. What? Anything. What? No. Not even sometimes, I, man? Uh, so, yes, I have it uh, in the last week. I've run it in uh, KVM. Uh, because I'm testing a few things on Kubuntu, but I, I so the last time I ran KDE was uh, we had a we had a, a, a bunch of developers summit in um, Mountain View in California, and I looked over the shoulder of a KDE user and I said that looks amazing, 
And he said, yeah, it is. It's it's Kubuntu. It's KDE. You should try it. So I said, okay, I'll try it for six months. And uh, so I, I wiped, at the time, I think I had a Toshiba laptop. Yeah. And I nuked what was on my laptop. And I was like, you know, nuke and pave, uh, clean install of KDE. And personally, I just couldn't get on with it. I spent a couple of months and I gave up. Uh, much like your command line effort. Hey, uh, it happens to the best <laughs> of us, man. It, it, you know, there, there's this... Everyone has their, you know, their way of working, their preferences, their favorites, and so on. And I just couldn't get into it, and so I, I gave up, uh, which was, you know, very slack of me not being able to sustain six months of using would you, different. Would you would you say that that that, that 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 was years ago though? Now, but would you say that that experience that when you stopped using it was it because of workflow usability? bugs what what was it that caused you to stop and and jump back over to the unity or wherever you went back to side of things i think i just got frustrated uh i couldn't find things and things behaved weirdly you know i've, I've been using linux distros for years and years and mostly i've been on uh, xfce or gnome 2 yeah. and it, it just became frustrating for me and I don't think there's any reason why anyone should have to force themselves to use something they don't like. You know, in the same way that I wouldn't expect a KDE person to to you know force them to use Unity, and you know force them to like it. If you don't like Unity, that's fine. It's okay to not like things. You know, it's not a problem. Um, and and so you know, there are people. Out I make there who... my whole living off of not liking some things, so I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. If it pays the bills, then that's yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's extra nice. All right, I'm I'm gonna move move this over to Daniel for a second. Daniel, it, with with you, kind of see where I'm going with all this, right? I mean, it's when I look around and I see various desktop environments, and there are certain desktop environments that I am a big fan of. Uh, yours being one of them. Um, I think there's a lot of desktop environments that do a phenomenal job. Um, but when I look around and I see KDE, I see, you know, Gnome in the Shell, I see Mate, and I see all these desktop environments, and some of them are great and really well polished. And some of them are less great and less well polished, uh, to put it as diplomatically as I can. Um, I don't know that I see a clear dividing line between ones that are focused on a system and ones that are not focused on a system. Do you see that line? I mean, when you look at, let's say, do you, have you used Unity the in somewhat of a current incarnation and 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 or KDE Plasma? Um, I've I've used Unity within the last couple of years lightly and yeah. gave up real fast. Uh, I haven't used KDE since God maybe eight to ten years. Holy okay. moly! I don't think I could give them any kind of fair. Holy I think moly. I think it challenges in my. It would be cool if this everyone could, like thinking. try each other's desktops for a day, just to kind of, especially the latest incarnations with all the changes. Katie, right, I, I got to ask Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, yeah. uh, in the last let's say two years, what desktop environments have you used other than Plasma? Um, well, I've actually used I've I've only Plasma, but um, <sighs> I every once in a while I just boot up different desktops, mostly just to see how they do things, so go. that, um, cool. well, in, in some cases, just to, to look for Steal inspiration, their good ideas. but in yeah. most cases, just to make sure that we don't separate too much, so that people can still um, 
switch between different desktops without having to relearn everything. Right. And uh, yeah, some things just make sense to be similar in some ways. And uh, yeah, that's why I always keep uh, a couple of ISOs on my uh, on my hard disk and then just yeah, boot boot them up different ones just to see how others do specific things. But okay. in the, those cases, I don't really use the the other desktops, so it's mostly just yeah, trying some things out and, and see how they work there. You, you know, I think Matt was totally right. We we, we need to like go around, get like people, make key reps from all the major desktop environments, and force yeah. them all to use a different one. We just need to like shift one to the right and just see what sort of chaos ensues. Just for one workday is all I ask. I mean, because I think that would really get yeah. people plugged into not only might might it have folks rethink some of the stuff they're currently doing, but I think I think it's just healthy, you know. And then that way, if you can't deal with it, that's fine. It's only a day. Move on. No big deal. But, but, let me ask this of know. Matt. Matt, okay. let's ignore that we have guests for a minute. Let's be incredibly sure. rude about Sorry. this. And let's just have a conversation <laughs> for a second. Okay. Now, now you've used... All of these desktop environments, I right? Have. Yes. Be- because yes, you're I like have. me and you, you kind of are a junkie about it. You just randomly install them all. Um, so do you see a quality difference between the ones focused on individual platforms and the ones that are not? Honestly, yes and no. I, I would say rather than quality, I'd say more integration. I think some desktop environments okay. have higher integration than others. Uh, elementary is a great example of integration. Uh, Unity is a great example of integration. And yes, honestly, KDE is also an example of integration with KDE applications. There's a lot of tight-knit integration going on there. And then there's different visions for each. So Fair. Fair. Yeah. Now, right. you can even ask me my preference, and I'll tell you, but that's fine. What's your preference? Right now, and I'm, I, I never in a million years thought I'd say this, right now I've been using GNOME 3, and I'm kind of... I'm not hating it as much as I was two weeks ago. It's not ago. terrible, right? No, yeah. I, it's growing on me. And I'm kind of an X, XFCE Mate type guy. Yeah, yeah. you're but, old school. Yeah. You're old yeah, school. Yeah, this, this is kind of growing on me. It's kind of it's kind of cool. All right, but I, I, I want I want to try them all. You know, I I, I, I kind of want to follow this up. All right, yeah. totally goofy question, Al, Alan. Uh, can't use Unity anymore. There's a, there's a law. What do no. you what do you run? Um, I would use. <laughs> it's got something here. Ubuntu Mate, of course. <laughs> right on, right on. You you go you go the 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 Mate route, Mate, yeah. however we want to pronounce that. Mate. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I already I run it on that laptop, so. Um, so you go I'm old school. Ubuntu. So basically, old school Ubuntu. What a what Ubuntu was pre Unity then. I mean, in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's tricky. I mean, the, this whole you know conversation about you know do you like this or that. It's. I mean, we're what 40 minutes in and we haven't had a car analogy so um, <laughs> I, I've been I, trying I, really I drive, hard to avoid cars I, I drive or I have driven for the last 10 years a beaten up old Volvo so if you ask me my opinion of driving BMWs or Mercedes I wouldn't be able to tell you because sure, I just haven't sure. used one for a long time um, I might have an opinion about them and I might have an opinion about the people who drive them but I am the worst person to ask for that opinion because <laughs> I'm I so glad we I'm so glad we brought you on for that the, that's awesome there's a yes. I, I, I'm just just out of curiosity, Daniel. If let's say for elementary, right? Let's not even say you personally. If you were like, okay, we just don't have the resources to continue Pantheon development. I wish we did, but we just don't. We got a hardcore focus. What's the desktop environment that you would pick for elementary if Pantheon didn't exist? I'd have to go with GNOME. 
like like current gnome or old old school gnome like current yeah now now would you go current gnome with the the default gnome shell or would you go like highly modified 8000 different extensions and and go crazy with it probably extensions and i think that's something that's really interesting about um gnome in particular is how much they've embraced extensions and you see like distros spun up now like um this new one apricity and it's yeah. basically just gnome extensions right it's like a whole distro of extensions it's kind. It's kind of delightful. Uh, what, what about you, Thomas? I mean, you've been you've been a KDE dude for a long time. What if you couldn't anymore? What if What if everything with a letter K in it was outlawed? What What do you do, man? I would probably go for GNOME three as well, um, mostly because they they are they try new things and and really they've they've tried many radical new things with GNOME three and it it took people quite a while to adapt to it or some just never did which is fine yeah um but whenever i i run gnome for some time uh i see nice ideas in there and yeah i I, i'd go for that Okay. okay all right all right fair enough all right all right let's move to the future let's talk about the future a little bit gentlemen you guys got three very distinctly different desktop environments kind of going in different ways right um where is this going? I mean, you know, on the Unity side of things, oh, man, I was trying to switch over here because I was hoping you were picking your nose, Alan. I, I tried to switch <laughs> the camera to you as fast as I could, and I missed it. Don't I'm sorry to our viewers. I, I, I failed you on this one. Um, so Unity kind of has this, at least from the public's perspective, this this defined vision of of this convergence right so you got this single user interface on you know mobile tablets desktop etc um right is that kind of the end all be all future that that you guys see or is it just something you're trying is it just the way canonical's going about it the, the canonical's goals or is this the broader computing world future from your point of view so Mark talked about, Mark Shuttleworth talked about on his blog, Convergence, quite a few years ago, and every so often Mark will set fairly fairly um, ambitious and aggressive goals, like, you know, we'll have it in the distro by this release, or it'll be the default by that release, and I think he's reigned back from some of that uh, more recently. It's, but, it's a bummer. I always like those really grand, over-the-top goals. Those are fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, I think. And so that you know that's been around for a while so this is not this is not like a, let's try this thing out for a year and see if it works um, unity 8 has been developed alongside the maintenance of unity 7 which is the desktop that's currently shipping in ubuntu so it's it's currently uh, in progress uh, it it's what ships on all the phones yeah. and the tablets uh, it will be in theory in 16.10 so you'll be able to log out from your Ubuntu desktop and log back in under Unity 8 and have a play with it. And it won't be finished, uh, but it's you know it's a, close. to a point where people could use it. Yeah. And then we can you know fix the bugs, find out usability problems, and work on those for the next release and the next release and so on. So uh, yeah, it's early days. I mean, it's I think we're doing it very differently than we did with Unity 7, um, given that we're not lumping this on people with 
you know, performance issues and memory issues. Performance issues? What are you talking about? Ubuntu, (laughs) Unity has always been super, super snappy. Um, I I don't mean to leave it on that snark. I really, I really didn't. Uh, (laughs) I want to toggle it over to Pfeiffer real quick. All right. From the KDE side of things, from the KDE perspective, what is the future? I mean, you guys, just like with Unity, have been talking about convergency related stuff for years now. I mean, I think I I remember uh, Saigo talking about convergency stuff. I don't know, like a decade ago, right? Um, so, what what is the future of KDE and of KDE Plasma specifically of the desktop? Yeah, as as you said, convergence is really still a big goal. Of course, um, we have the the problem that we don't have a mobile operating system yet. We're we're working on one. Um, I mean, well. Yeah, it, it is available, but not yet in a in a consumer ready right. state, um, and not being shipped on any on any devices. Um, I mean, we we had tried that with uh, Plasma Active, but yeah, that pretty much turned out to be a too big of an undertaking for a too small group. And um, yeah, we we've just we had to we we had to learn the hard way that you need way more resources to actually make an uh, mobile operating system work. Um, yeah, now we we do have the the chance, but it still will take a while until it becomes consumer ready. But still, um, yeah, convergence is a big topic also for us, which uh, in our case is mostly visible in the uh, Kirigami framework. Yeah, um, which can be uh, used for convergent applications. Um, but then, of course, you you need uh, to run them on, op- on an operating system. But for example, they um, uh, the the Ubuntu Touch uh, and Unity will also be an important platform for uh, Kagami-based applications. Um, but from from yeah from Plasma side, it's a bit of a more difficult story because yeah we we don't have that uh, mobile operating system ready yet, but still uh, want to focus on that and. Um, yeah, the the other area of focus is on uh, productivity. So um, yeah, now that we've we've set our goal to really uh, make people productive when when using Plasma, um, we will put more more effort into that. And uh, really, the, the the goal is to for every feature that is proposed to really look at will this make people productive or more productive? Yes or no? If not, then it won't be implemented. I get that. I get that. So where do you see it being, you know, so a couple of years down the line, I mean, clearly on the the canonical unity side of things, convergence is kind of like the vision. That's 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 kind of where they're they seem to be headed. Uh, I don't mean to put words in the Pope's mouth, but that seems that's really the the, the visionary focus. Um, do you do you have something like that on the on the plasma side where you can say, okay, several years down the line, this is where we're going. We will get there by the end of the decade. You know, one of those big sort of things. Is it a convergency thing? Is it a meeting a certain level of productivity thing? Is it just to keep going down the the same road and iteratively improving on what you've got? What What are you doing? What What's the thing? Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of both. I think um, well, we we have reached our goal if people who want to really use their their computers mostly productively. Um, will choose Plasma as their preferred desktop environment to do okay. that. All right, fair, fair. Daniel, my guess is 
You're a little different than the other two uh, on this answer a little bit. Same, same basic question. What's, what's the vision? What's the, I hate to use the phrase five-year plan, but where are you going? What's, what's the thing that sounds amazing for, for Pantheon? Uh, I, I think we'd love to get to mobile, but I think that um, we have a lot of things that we need to do first to make the desktop environment more useful that would lend to a mobile experience. We could make Pantheon right now responsive, right, and figure out a way to put it onto a demo phone and, and ship a phone platform that does, like, nothing useful, right? <laughs> so okay. what, what my immediate focus is for the next cycle is to do two things that I think go really hand-in-hand hand, and is add online accounts integration features, which I think is extremely important to get to tablet and mobile, especially if you expect that your users might have more than one machine. Um, so we need things like better uh, cloud drive integration in the file manager and uh, in the applications themselves to be able to sync between multiple devices, uh, geolocation and contacts and things like integration. But we need to balance that with privacy and security features. So we want to have more of the kind of um, agents, I guess is the, the kind of name for them, where you have applications that request permission to use APIs and then make sure they're denied access to those APIs when the user uh, specifies. So I don't want this application to be able to access my location or my contacts, things like that, but make platform APIs available to developers. Okay. Okay, but but realistically, your focus is on you know on the desktop as a platform, the desktop platform um, for at least the foreseeable bit of future. Yeah, and you know we have some ideas about how we can get to mobile, but um, there's a lot of effort that we have to pour into desktops first, and uh, the next kind of stage is convertible laptops, and then tablets, and then mobiles, kind of like a progression. Like, how do we make these devices useful? For all the the sensors and form factors that they have, like in a progression. Mm, okay. Fair, fair. Yeah, yeah. In the next last couple of minutes of us all talking together here, we've got we've got Unity, we've got Elementary, and we've got Plasma. Are there any things that you guys would like to ask of each other? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm assuming yeah. the three of you have never sat on a panel together before. Uh, at least not, not certainly not on this topic. Um, is there anything that you would like to ask of each other at all with the understanding that, uh, I don't want to say the gloves are off, but uh, you can ask whatever you like. Popey, Popey, you've got the roguishly good looks here. It seems like you could have an interesting question for the other, the other boys, but you do not have to. Uh, same with the other ones. Fair, uh, fair open game. So I... I recently had the pleasure to uh, share beer with Daniel in uh, Heidelberg, uh, and uh, we had interesting discussions while we were there. Uh, I think everything I would want to ask Daniel, I asked him over again. <laughs> right on. I'm not recorded on a camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's all okay. it's all off okay. the record, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, kind of. Fair. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, why is it all the very interesting conversations yeah. happen off the record, Matt? <laughs> Be more hat cam, you know. Right? 
right? How is that so hard? That actually would be a pretty phenomenal idea because I've had some great conversations at some of these random free software get-togethers. We should all wear body cams like a lot of the police have to where we just record the whole thing and then we get to see what people actually think all the time. You basically just like cough out, oh, by the way, I'm recording you real quick, you know, and then and then have the conversation. So you're all legit-like, right? <laughs> nah, <laughs> we don't need to worry about privacy laws. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, uh, how about you, Thomas? If you could ask one question of Unity or Pantheon, what would it be? Or do you even have a question? Are you just too stunned by Alan Pope's roguish good looks? Well, that's one question I'd have for both. Is uh, where do you see um, freeDesktop.org going as a as a platform for doing cross-desktop things? Ah. Hmm. that's a great question. That is. I don't have an answer to that. I have Either you guys have any ideas? Uh, I would like us to get more involved because I feel like that um, we can't complain about it because we haven't tried that hard to get involved. Uh, so I think that for the foreseeable future, we need to make more effort to to reach out and get on the mailing list and participate more. Uh, we actually just got Pantheon added to the uh, free desktop spec. So I'm pretty oh. excited about that. Very oh, that cool. is awesome. That is yeah. awesome. But that's that's like as far as our involvement has gone so far, right? Like we we got to really push and go, you know, <laughs> what can we pitch in and, and talk to people? There's actually one really interesting thing um, that we've been talking about that I would like to pitch as a free desktop is a uh, URL scheme for settings uh, because it's oh, useful yeah. for applications to be able to call up setting panes. So if you oh, could have yeah. a, a URL scheme like settings network that applications could use cross desktop to pull up the correct settings oh. pane and the correct settings panel, I think that'd be really useful for all of us. From an end user point of view, that's kind of awesome. Uh, mm. Cool. That would be cool. Popey. Popey. What do you yeah, think about I, Pfeiffer's question? I I kind of have to agree with uh, Daniel, really. I, I think it's one of those things that we've kept at arm's length for a while, and <laughs> yeah. we should fix that a little bit. Uh, There's always things like that, right? Sure. Yeah. All right. And I, I also think we should we need to be careful of pushing our own agenda on on bodies like Free Desktop because right. um, you know it creates friction between. Uh, different groups, you know, if we're pushing something which is uh, technology that, that, you know, services in need we have and there are objections from other desktops, then, you know, that can cause friction between us and then if that doesn't get resolved, then everyone throws their hands up and ignores the, the spec and, you know, creates their own standard, you know, just like XKCD says. So right. it's, it, it's a tricky it's a tricky problem to solve, but I think we can, uh, I think we can work more closely. Yeah. All right few minutes left i have one really one final little little thing unity and pantheon both attractive both uh used by a lot of people and loved by a lot of people not the most configurable desktops in the world right i, I think that's a fair yeah. statement to make yeah, I agree with that. good looking powerful sure. not highly configurable kde on the other hand is configurable to a redonkulous degree Right? That's true. You can kind of make it look like just about whatever you want. Now, if you can have a desktop that you can make look like and act like almost whatever you want, wouldn't you think that would be better? 
I'm just gonna put that out there to 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 Pfeiffer first. What 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 do you view on that? What's what should be the end goal? Should it be massive customizability or an intentionally polished out of the box experience? If you had to choose one, which is the right way? Unity and Pantheon have made their choice clear. Like they they went for the out of the box user experience, right? Over the customizability. KDE seems to have gone the other way, but is there a right decision there? Um, I don't think there's a globally right decision because there are different user groups with different needs. And there there are many, many users who just who don't want to configure the system. They just want to use it and it should work well and they're they're happy with that. But um, we, we can see that anytime when we um, think that some option is just not useful and who would ever change that and so we propose to remove it and then you can bet that there will be dozens at least (laughs) maybe more of people who very loudly complain how could you do that that was so important to my workflow and uh, yeah you can't take that away from me so that there are people who really need configurability and it's, it's, of course, always a trade-off because, I mean, we, we try to be, um, to not throw configuration of, uh, options at people, um, overwhelming them. So we just uh, always try to keep, um, yeah, as I said, simple by default, powerful when needed. So things should be fairly simple by default and should not need configuration to work well. Um, but it's, I mean... You, you can't get a high-level configuration with, without some trade-off. So it, uh, configuration UI, which has offers lots of options, will always be more complex than one which offers only very few options. So um, there will always be that, that trade-off, um, and there will always be people who just want and need the configurability, and there will always be people who don't need it. So that's why I think it's good that there are different uh, desktop environments with different levels of complexity and configurability so that yeah, people with different needs each have their own favorite and, and the, the desktop environment that works best for them. You know, you guys are both, uh, all three of you are both delightful and disappointing. Uh, on the one hand, uh, you guys all showed up and come from three very different camps and are not only nice and congenial, but eager to understand each other's differences and uh, just generally pleasant about it. Uh, On the other hand, uh, you guys were all generally delightful and pleasant with each other and really nice and reasonable, which does not help my ratings. One of you guys was supposed to hop on here and be all like, you know... F unity or something. Uh, no, but you guys are you guys are awesome. This is this is really this is really cool. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's you know one of the things I, I've noticed is the the people doing the the hardcore work on the individual distributions on the individual desktop environments. Um, everyone all seems to, with one or two exceptions, get along really well together and like be eager and interested to work together. And it, it's the, it's the people generally uninvolved that seem to get really pissy about, 
you know, one desktop or one distro over another. I just think it's it's amazing that, you know, we've got three people on here who have been intimately involved with these for, for quite a few years now. And you're all just sitting there going, yeah, I kind of understand why other people would view it this way and not the way we do it. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And I just think that's just kind of delightful, uh, but would not do very well on a cable news network chat show. Um, gentlemen... <laughs> Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank um, you, guys. you guys all do excellent work. Um, even even people that work on Unity. Um, <laughs> but your hair is fantastic, so it's all good. Um, everybody, go forth. Keep doing amazing things. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you guys at a later time. Thanks, uh, guys. Brian. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Matt. Right. Wait. 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 We forgot wait. the the outro theme song. Uh-oh. Uh did any of you uh, so if you've been watching the show, uh we sing the intro song and the outgoing theme song and we make it up on the spot and we're giving our guests now the opportunity to sing the song that takes us out of the show. Uh, so the step forward, yeah. One of you gets to sing the song. You can sing whatever you want. Um just a couple seconds long. I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to pick somebody. Uh, and you have to sing it. You have to, contractually, I'm pretty sure. It's signed in blood at this point. Um, <laughs> so if one of you wants it, jump out before I say three. Otherwise, I'm picking one. And you guys are probably going to figure out who I'm going to pick. One. Two. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to say three. I know you're shaking your head, Popey, because you know it's going to be you. <laughs> Someone wants to say Popey. He's going to sing a song. Three. Popey, sing us out of this episode of Lunduke and Whatnot. No. <laughs> I might look like Elvis, but I certainly don't sound like him. Okay, so no jingles. Okay. All right, all right, that, that's fair. <laughs> this, this episode ends you. on no. No. <laughs> <laughs>